Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler. We got Jim. We got the three of us for the first time since our last NS9 Live, which was our over and under predictions, which uh, we're doing pretty pretty terrible on. <laughs> Except for Jim. Yeah, speak Vince for yourself. Is, speak <laughs> for yourself. Vince Velasquez is apparently an ace. I mean, yeah, no, we haven't that been was on like 4.49. Yeah, and, and like an it's ace. well now he's an ace. Sure. He's got a lot of uh leeway now to mess up a bit and for me to still hit that. Not really, because it's a small sample size. We saw what happened to Oviedo. It rises very <laughs> quickly. Well, that's why he got injured. <laughs> that's why he gets injured, and yeah, if he's just hurt for the next two months and then they can trade him at the deadline and I think Boom. yeah, you might be right. I think it was just as a pirate. Yep. It was. But we made it. As Kenny said, we're on it nine-ish. And it's nine-ish. Um, so I guess we have a little bit of talk about tonight. Um, the pirates have had an awful May. <laughs> And somehow they're in first place still. So, like, as, as much as you want to trash them and say, like, oh, boy, we got a, a show to talk some negative energy on, they're also in first place. So we're talking about the first place Pirates who have played terribly. So I got, like, mixed emotions on all of this. But I think what we can definitely do is we're going to talk and discuss the bad Pirates. But, like, how can we also maybe fix them? I think us three can fix the Pirates, guys. There's a lot. I do. There's a lot that needs fixed right now. I think. <laughs> uh, um, do you, I mean, Denardo, do you have a time machine? Because I don't know if we can fix them. I, well, I think we can to a degree, and I think partly we only need to fix them to a degree because the NL Central is garbage. But it's it's not good. Yeah, I honestly, at this point in time, <clears throat> I think the Cubs might be the best team in the division. In that year and a half rebuild, yeah, that might be fair. Um, yeah. But but the way the standings shape up right now, the uh, the Pirates winners of one out of their last ten, they remain in first place. They're a half game above the Brewers, two and a half above the Cubs. The Reds have even gained a little bit of ground, four and a half back. Cardinals just the Cardinals suck, yeah, <laughs> and it's, so that's that's great to see. But you do have to expect that at some point. <laughs> It just starts clicking for them. They'll call up some random 26-year-old minor league organizational depth guy, and he'll come and he'll, he'll win NL Rookie of the Year. Well, now that Wilson Contreras is not catching for them anymore and he's a DH, yeah, things, things are I better. Mean, there, there's some other guy down there in the minors that's 28 years old and the best defensive catcher ever that learns how to hit 30 bombs. Sounds a lot like the catcher that the Pirates oh, have. <laughs> I, I walked into close, that one. Close That's in age. Jim. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Jim. That's on me. Yeah, Henry Davis is going to be like 30 years old. He's going to have his number retired for Altoona, you know, in in the year 2030 after he hits like his 400th home run for the Altoona curve. He's going to be the Drew Maggi story, but good. (laughs) Uh, Where do we want to go right now? I don't know. Like there's a lot of things wrong with this team. I think you got to kind of start with just the offensive depth at this point. I think the pitching during this rough stretch, it hasn't been as good as it was like in April, but it's been passable. You know, there's been some rough starts by a couple guys, but the pirates haven't been the worst rotation in baseball, you know, for the last two weeks, it's the offense that's really causing the problems. What was the stat? They went, 11 games it was our longest stretch of games scoring two or less runs since like 1988 since 1988 there's been a lot of really bad baseball played by the pirates and we just saw them do something that they had never done during that time period that's kind of the level of just how awful this offense has been lately yeah to touch on that real quick I think you have to start with the offense because I don't know that there's many teams in major league baseball that could deal with the blows. The pirates have taken in the rotation. They've, they've dealt with a lot, all things considered. And somehow the rotation still was keeping this team in ball games for the most part. The offense is clearly the reason that this thing has hit the fan. For sure. To back up Jim, so in the month of May, the starting pitching for the Pirates, 401 ERA, 11th best in MLB. Like yeah, you can't so blame you, the starting pitching. Yeah, if you're the 11th number 11 starting pitching staff in baseball, you should win the majority of your games. Yeah. Especially if you you've lost two fifths of your rotation coming into yeah. this year. Not many teams can That's deal a good with point. That. So the pitching depth, lost, I think, is there. You lost two-fifths of the rotation, but you also lost one of your guys you are hoping that was going to be able to add depth in Michael Burroughs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that could have been him on the mound the other night, potentially. Yeah, I mean, and there's that, that's kind of, I think, the place to start is the offense. And, you know, there's a few comments here. The offense in April – was doing the little things right. And we, we kind of talk about that a lot where they were moving runners over when they needed to, they were coming up with a big home run when they needed to, they were, they were bringing in guys who got on base since the month has turned to may. We're not seeing that they're not executing with runners in scoring position. When they do get on base, they're running into stupid outs on the bases. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team run into as many outs as this, this club has in the last two weeks. And it's not just cost dealings, like it's everything. It's trying to take extra bases when you shouldn't. It's um, sending runners when you shouldn't. It's being picked off, but the, the cost dealings are there. You saw a lot of success being like aggressive on the base paths in April. And in May, it's been the complete opposite. They're, they're, they almost have been too aggressive. They kind of like, they, they saw the success they had in April being aggressive. And then they've just decided we're just going to be like really aggressive now. And it's it's not working <laughs> at all. 
play defensive defenses are making plays. They're playing some pretty good opponents too. So you got to give some credit to who they're playing. But at the same time, the Pirates are a lot of these wounds that they're doing are self-inflicted. Like the offensive struggles are mainly self-inflicted because even when they do get a chance to score, they're doing something um, to to get themselves out of that scoring position a lot of times. And it's, it's frustrating because it's just kind of snowballing day in, day out, not hitting with runners in scoring position, running into houses on the bases. We'll get to the defense later, but from an offensive standpoint, those are the two main things. You're not moving runners over. You're not driving them in. And when you do get on base, you're running into outs. You're not going to score runs when you do that consistently over and over again. Yeah. I think it comes back to, we talked about Sawinski and Connor Joe and guys like that, that were, we might've thought were playing a bit above their head and we knew the league was going to punch back on them. Well, now we're seeing the league punch back on the pirates just in general. They got to where they are because they were very aggressive on the bases. They had a lot of team speed. The league's kind of figured out what they're trying to do. And the game plan is in effect and the pirates have not punched back yet. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I think, too, you have to equate to injuries. You know, I think the biggest thing we talked about in April was the depth. You know, obviously, Austin Hedges was a black hole, but you only had one black hole. That was the biggest difference between 2022 and 2023. Where in 2022, after number three in the lineup, it was just a death sentence, more or less. You know, you're waiting till two more innings to get back to the top of the lineup. They're very competent. You know, and then the games where you had Jason delay in, I mean, there were moments where like one, two, three struggled, but seven, eight, nine, like, what was that one game? They went like nine for 12 or something like that. Something ridiculous. Seven, eight, nine, you know, like the depth was always there. You had someone that was going to pick up another guy the night. And now in the month of May, you have hedges, you have Matthias there for how long you had and or you know, like seven, eight, nine is that black hole again. So that depth in that lineup is just absolutely gone. So now when you have the one or two guys that are off, that's it. You know, Hayes actually has looked decent in a leadoff role. He had, what, three or four games in a row? He had two hits. If he's getting on base, no one's going to drive him in because if Reynolds not having a good night, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly right. The injuries have hurt. I really think the O'Neill Cruz injury, too, is kind of like bringing into effect a lot of uh, a lot of woes that this team has not only offensively, but defensively as well. <clears throat> O'Neill Cruz being at shortstop allows everybody to just play in a position that let, that makes them more comfortable um, because we've seen that be a big issue. I mean, that, that Mitch Keller start in Tampa Bay. If O'Neill Cruz is starting that game, Pirates probably win, you know, and, and it's just because like Keller's been dominating lately and it just, the defense completely fell apart. If you have everybody playing in their nat- natural positions, all those errors that happen, maybe they don't, they don't happen. So yeah, the cruise injury hurts obviously. Cause then you've got to kind of shuffle around that, that lineup. You now have Hayes who, you know, you would probably rather have him in like the seventh spot. He's leading off. Uh, you've got, you know, someone like G1 Bay and Rodolfo Castro, who neither of which are probably every single day players, you know, like you probably don't want those guys playing 150 games a year. Right. Uh, but they're now forced into a role where they're playing almost every day. Uh, and before when, you know, the pirates were able to 
kind of pick and choose when they play guys based on matchups, putting them in situations they, they should be succeeding in. Now you're just seeing people being put in spots where they shouldn't be. And when you have too many people in spots when where they shouldn't be in, you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have people struggle. And at this point, it's just, there's just too much of that. There's too many people playing outside where they should be playing. Uh, the, the, just their a basic role on this team. And we're seeing them get exposed. And just to add the other part of it, it seems simplistic. In the month of, or in March and April, the Pirates are 11th in the league in home runs. They're 29th right now. They're not hitting the ball over the wall. It seems simple, but they just, they, they're not, the power's gone. If you can't hit the ball over the wall, all that, those little things that you were doing when they're not happening now, it doesn't matter. You no, can't get that point. three run home run. And obviously have a stretch where you can't score two runs or you're more than two runs. That's probably happening quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what I think is, is funny and I say this somewhat facetiously, but Jim, who would have thought that we'd be craving for O'Neill Cruz's defense to return? Like that's where they're at right now. You know, like yeah. honestly, when O'Neill Cruz went down, that was a big loss because like, he's the leadoff hitter. Who are you going to put at leadoff right now with this lineup? the power that's there, how exciting is the stolen bases. And at this point in time, we're wishing his defense was back because exactly like you said, like if he's there, albeit it's not the best defense, it's good enough and it makes everyone else better their spot. And because he's gone, we're trying to like find some middle infield to put together. And it's been awful since then. So yeah, like I'm craving O'Neill Cruz to return for his defense. Yeah. Poor defense, and as I said, comments are just kind of harping on the runners in scoring position. Pirates were great with that in April, and they're just – they are not executing this month. And, and I don't care what you're doing. But you, you add in the fact that they aren't hitting homers, and you couple that with six for 55 with runners in scoring position in the month of May. You can't – you're not going to win. doesn't matter how good your pitching is. doesn't matter how bad – doesn't matter what's going on pitching-wise – when you can't hit the ball over the fence and you can't drive in runs when they're on base, you're not going to win games. That pirate charity sign or whatever the home run tally, whatever it is needs to be removed and just put six for 55. That's it. (laughs) Like we can harp all we want back and forth, but for God's sake, six for 55, that is freaking horrendous. So, you know, what's funny about that sign. This is just kind of going back. Remember when PNC park was built? And like everybody was like, oh, balls are going to be able to get hit in the river. That sign was for river, like river blasts. Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like no one hit the ball in the river the entire first year. So then they're like, we probably need to change this sign. We can't just leave it on zero forever. <laughs> and then it, it took like three years to get there. <laughs> yeah. They, they like, changed it to, okay, Bucko Blast or whatever. But the I mean, Bowser, it took like three years to get to the river. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it took a while. And, I think people thought river shots were going to be like a common thing and it's, it's just not. Uh, but uh, that, that made me think of that. I remember when the park opened, they were like, we're going to see so many balls hit in the river. Nope. Well, we're not even seeing balls over the wall right now. There's just, there's when you, your seven, eight, nine are so bad. It's really hard 
when one through four who carry you the whole way are in a slump that's going to happen. Like it's going to happen at some point. Some guys are going to struggle. And that's what makes the Austin Hedges of the world look so bad. He looked fine in April when he would bun a runner over. But right now, he looks like an absolute black hole that we want to ship to Mars. And nothing changed with him. Nothing. Everyone else just got worse. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Hedges hasn't done anything different than what he's been doing all year. It's just when you're winning and people are hitting, you can live with that guy. You can live with the one guy who hits like a pitcher. But when you've got the rest of the lineup struggling, it's just, it's, it doesn't work. Can I add something to that though, too? Because, I mean, I think this is a very valid point. We didn't harp too much on it because exactly like you said, this lineup had length in April, right? One through eight. It's very, very competent. So if your number nine hitter is going to be incompetent as a hitter, you can live with it. But also, Jim, to the point, this was supposed to be the catcher who you could live with that because defensively he was on point. One of the better defensive catchers in the league. Uh, I know it, it's fallen off like a little bit over time, right? Like you're not expecting him to be the best catcher, but he's still good defensively. That hasn't been there either. So that's the thing. You, when you leave time go and now we're in May, Jim. He's- Here's the thing. No, I mean, finish your thought. Finish your thought. When he's not even doing his best stuff at that level to even at least even some things out, when you are the number 300 and like 20th worst hitter in baseball and you're maybe just league average at catching, you're a complete deficit now. Like you don't bring any value. And that's the point. Now you're really seeing it. He's really being exposed. And if you're not doing the defensive part, then that's where we have issue. That's why I think you're seeing people talk about myself, like Jason DeLay. Not that Jason DeLay is good, but at least he's the hot hand right now. And you know what? His defense has improved. It's still a small sample, but when you look at all the numbers, the blocking, the the caught stealing, uh, like everything else, it's Austin Hedges who's dropped, and then Jason DeLay who's like right here. Jason DeLay's bat can be bad. It's still three times better than Austin Hedges. And if he's only a slight tier below Austin Hedges defensively, like why is that not happening? Can I go before Jim does? Yeah, you can. Because I know what your thought is going to be, Jim. <laughs> Jason Delay is terrible at the plate. But defensively, he's he might be pretty close to Austin Hedges. I don't think it's that far off. And as you said, Donardo, he is the hot hand. I don't understand how coming out of last year they go hedges when delay somehow showed that he was a pretty good defensive catcher and he would have saved you about 5 million that you could have spent elsewhere. And I'm not getting down the minor league rabbit hole here, but on no planet should Austin hedges get five starts a week ever right now. You have to ride the hot hand and it's something the pirates have not done well. Since I can remember, they will never ride the hot hand. They're going to go with the guy that they assumed was a starter in January. And but before Jason Gillette here... <laughs> needs starts three times a week right now until he is hitting as bad as Austin Hedges, basically, which will take that's, him four months. That's all I'm asking for. Like that, that my point and issue is how is this not split up more evenly? 
That's it. I know, and I, I talk, it's my catcher, right? But he comes up in these big moments in my eyes, and that's why I've talked about But like, he is not a good catcher. Um, it can take everything in. But his defense has improved, and it was always like his stronger suit, right? It's better than his offense. But like, even his offense at his worst is still better than Austin Hedges right now. That's what I'm getting at. How is it just at least, least not evenly matched up as far as starts go? You guys can call me a big dum-dum, but I think that Jason DeLay reminds me of Chris Stewart. And that's fine. Chris Stewart was a perfectly good backup. But you had Cervelli, who was a good catcher. Austin Hedges is not. And Chris Stewart actually hit kind of league average. He, he sucked, but he did. I mean, he zero did. power, but he hit zero. that like 290. All right, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead and trash. Yeah, can I go Jason now? And do your right. dumb stuff. No. Whatever. I mean, no one, no one hates on Austin Hedges here, I think, more than me. I I didn't like the signing. I you know once once we found out that you know he was going to be the guy, he's clearly not the guy. Yeah, he's had two catchers interference penalties. He had you know a bad throw to second. Those are things that stick out. But when you say that Austin Hedges hasn't been good defensively, you're just you're wrong. Like you're no no you're no. Wrong. Hold on, I didn't say Wait, he's uh, not good. I did. said he's not as good. He is. When you're not like, going to, he's not bringing let's be, $5 like, million let's, dollars let's worth of defense. Go over this. He's the fifth catcher in blocks above average, you know, according to StatCast. Fifth best catcher in blocking. He's the full third best pet catcher in framing, according to StatCast. Pop time, he's above average. Where's he's 17th. But 17. Where's Jason DeLay and all that? That's Jason DeLay is sounds... below everywhere. Well, there's a okay. lot more than 30 catchers, Denardo. So, uh, Jason DeLay is 19th, is... is 19th in blocks above average. Jason DeLay is 13th in framing, and Jason DeLay is 36th in pop time. So, I'd rather have we... that five million elsewhere. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I what I'm I saying, how many catching interference? What I'm saying is, when you say that Jason DeLay isn't good defensively, like you're awesome. just, just you're wrong. Like you're wrong. Here's Again, the, here. Hold on. Let I'm me. Not, I let you finish. Let me finish. My thing is, I think if Austin Hedges was performing, and now take this as it is, he's been the worst hitter in baseball the last like five years. But if he was just hitting at that level, like a forty something WRC plus, then you know what? Fine. Like the defense is good enough to make up for the lack of hitting on a team that, you know, is, is, has other, other things like you can live with them, but when you're hitting with a 16 weighted runs created, plus the defense just simply isn't good enough to, to, to counter that. So all I'm going to say this, all I'm going to say is Austin Hedges is a very good defensive catcher and you can't argue otherwise. Everything says so, but the offense is so terrible. It, doesn't matter. You just told me his defense is worse than what it has been, and his offense is worse than it has been. And he was a negative war player at those where, levels. Where did I say that? I didn't say his defense was worse than what it has been. His You're defense saying, is just as good as it was when we signed him. And I when we signed him, he was a zero war catcher. And thank you. you are handed war oh, as a on. catcher. So again, he's terrible. And now like, his me, offense is even worse. So does that awful. even even out? No. All I'm saying is that he so is Jason a Delay, but he is sucks. at Jason Delay's worse 
is three times better a hitter than Austin Hedges. Actually, probably more right now. Definitely more. And his defense is just a tad under. He brings positive value. Austin oh, Hedges yeah. brings negative value. So why are they why is there such a disparity in their starts? I know we're going way too long on this because there's more to talk about, but like that's my biggest problem. <laughs> Neil said we are truly suffering people that we could win the division and instead get the debate over Austin Hedges and Jason Delay. But that's that's part of the issue. That With is part two of the issue. top five <laughs> prospects in the minors that are I want to get there at some point. I said we we're going to talk about how we're going to fix wow. this. What? Okay, so yeah, Jason Delay should be getting the bulk of the playing time behind the plate. At least 50-50 is all I'm asking for. It shouldn't it be like five and one? Yeah, I agree. All I wanted to do was tell you that Austin Hedges is not a bad defensive catcher. If you say if you say otherwise, then you're just if I so let me if I said that, let me just backtrack. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's not as good as he was. I think that's fair. Offense is also not as good as it was. And his offense was the worst in baseball. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay. I mean he's worse. I'd be great if the Pirates just had like a Reese McGuire or something. It would be real nice too if they just had, you know, major league ready catchers in the minors that can hit the ball really well. I feel like you guys are beating me. (laughs) No, but like Austin Hedges. Speaking of Reese McGuire. The fact that he is. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm Clash. But the fact that Austin Hedges is so good defensively still. Like he did take a step back, but he's still a very good defensive catcher and still negative value shows you how atrocious, abysmal, a waste of a roster spot. This guy is he's trash, trash, trash. And you can't tell me that he calls the game. Well, because Jason delays catcher ERA is pretty similar he does nothing good enough to be on a major league roster. He is dog water. But he's a nice guy, and he signed a few autographs, so I slightly like him. Like, I got to watch him watch and sign some autographs in spring training. I was like, yeah, he might be a nice guy, but he's blows. Big fat ones. He's terrible. Well, you realize that the people who sign autographs are the, are the bad players because they need the fans to like them. Because they suck. Good players yeah. don't have to sign autographs. Good lord, he do. sucks. Big fat ones. He's terrible. Can we talk about the elephant in the room now? The two catchers in the minors? Yeah. Yeah, just let Jim do his thing. I'll just hang out. I, I want to have a real discussion about this. Because... I feel like I want to preference this because there's something else that's bothering me right now that I just want to get out there and put it in the universe once again, but we don't have to talk too much about it. But do you guys remember when we were talking about how the Pirates should make some moves last year because the NL Central stinks and they could take advantage of it? And you know what? Maybe if they did that last year, then I don't know. Those guys would have helped like the Rodolfo Castro, the way Rodolfo Castro is getting help this year. And you know, the Vicarnos and all the younger guys that saw the major league experience in time last year. And they'd still be here this year. And then they would have signed Carlos Santana and Kutch. And I don't know, like taking advantage of this terrible NL Central that the Pirates find themselves in a position that they're one 
I one in nine. And they're in first place in the middle of May. And they have an opportunity to maybe call up two of the three top prospects who are knocking on the door and say, you know what? Let's take advantage of this. But they're not going to because they're too afraid that they have to spend some money and do so. They're too afraid of down the line. And they're too afraid that they're not a real team to do it instead of having the balls to do it. Should this team call up one of, the, one of the two prospects, at least right now? Jimothy? They should, they, should, they should both be promoted, not just one of them. They should both be promoted. Uh, you need to cut ties with Austin Hedges. Jason DeLay is your is – your, and you have a three-catcher rotation of Davis, Rodriguez, and DeLay. And then you move around the other guys, Davis and Endy, on days where DeLay's, DeLay's catching – and Davis can play right field. <clears throat> he can play first base if he wants. And he can play second. He can play outfield. He can play first base, whatever. Um, that's that's what I want to see right now. I think eventually, like, and I get all this talk, like, yeah, these, these guys are more valuable as catchers. But at some point in time, you're going to have to figure out a way to play both of them. And they can't both play catcher. So just start it off the bat. Like, the guys are, the guys are ready to help the team at the major league level, the catching part can come later. I don't care. Like we're, you're in a position now where you can make some noise in this division and you've got two guys who can vastly improve this team immediately upon their call up. Uh, and they give you things that you need. Like the pirates right now could use someone who can hit, who plays second base. You know, they could do that. Andy Rodriguez can hit and play second base. You, you need somebody who can hit the ball over the fence. Henry Davis can do that. You got You bring them both up. I don't care about Super 2. I've made my opinions known on Super 2. Super 2 doesn't matter if you have good players and then you just say, hey, you know what? You're a good player. I want to keep you for a while. Let's just extend you. Then you don't have to worry about arbitration or any of this stupid stuff. I don't care that the Pirates might have to pay Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis more money in 2029 if they call them up now as opposed to waiting six more weeks. What's happening right now is the Pirates are in first place and they need offense. They have offense in the minors. They just aren't They aren't bringing it up just so they can save money six years from now. And that's pathetic. That's pathetic. The goal of this team is to win baseball games. So what are we doing here? Does Tyler know I'd like to hear your opinion. I I have a lengthy one. Go um, for it. What I want to like, if they called up both catchers tomorrow, by no means am I saying I don't want to see that, right? But I feel like that's not going to happen, and I feel like it's going to be one or the other. So let me also ask you this question, Jim: If it is one or the other. Who would you want to see up right now? This is what I'm saying. If I had to pick one, yeah. I'm probably calling up Davis just because of the, the impact the bat makes. So I think that's where I'm at. I mean, Andy is the top prospect. He's in AAA. We saw what he did last year, right? 
his numbers aren't suggesting a call up. Granted, somewhat, you know, the injury that happened and, and whatnot. Right now he's come back and he had that like the four hit night. He's had two back to back games. We had a double and such. Like it's it's kind of there, but it's not Henry Davis there. It's nowhere near Henry Davis there. Henry Davis is mashing in double A. And we've talked about double A and triple A as Charrington has suggested about double A and triple A, right? He's mashing there. He's knocking on the door for the big leagues. I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like I want to call up Henry Davis and keep Andy where he's at, but have a nice conversation with Andy. Charrington will call him up and say, listen, man, Henry's doing his thing right now. <laughs> it's not that we don't believe in you, right? It's not that we don't, this and that, but you're coming. Your time's coming. Just keep doing what you're doing. Get healthy, blah, 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 right? But like Henry Davis is just proving he belongs in the major league the way he's hitting double A right now. But what I think is how I think both can help is not just offense, right? Henry Davis comes in, boom, he's in the middle of your lineup. He brings that power. Probably not the greatest defender in the outfield, right? You all, you know who else isn't? I don't know, Miguel Anduar, who's been playing out there <laughs> like 75% of the games, who also isn't a good hitter. So like he helps you out. He's he's back there at catcher, you know, who's not a good hitter, Hedges. So like he's instant impact. And like, I don't think the defense ain't gonna be worse than Miguel Andujar's out there in right field. And he played right field tonight. Maybe they're getting that in their head. I don't know. Um, and then the thing with Andy is if he comes up, hopefully the bat plays. I, I believe in his bat. Like the strikeout rate, the walk rate, like it's all there still. I'm not worried about him, even though like the, all the numbers aren't there per se. But him playing second base, he doesn't need to be a good second baseman. It's not there now. Like, if you're worried that we can't play the position, well, no one can play it now. <laughs> but they also can't hit. Can Bay hit? No. Can Marcano hit? No. He also can't throw. <laughs> um. So, like, when you want to give Castro a day off or he takes over third, that's when he takes and covers second. Right or he's back there a catcher like I, and now I also disagree with you. This is where it's tricky. I want a three catcher rotation as well. That's why I also think one of them comes up. But I want hedges. This is why hedges is here. He gets one start a week, and Endy and Henry are going to learn too from many. Hedges. That's stupid. So you'd rather have hedges and delay as like your third catcher. My third catcher is Hedges. He doesn't want to call up Andy yet. Okay. Got it's you. one of the two. Again, so no, no. Like I feel it's going to be an if or, or type of situation. It's not going to be both. And with that being the case, I feel like I still side with Davis. And Davis gets two starts at catcher. Delay gets two starts. Hedges gets one. And then the other, the games that Henry's not, he's in right field or DH. I think there is something, and, and this is, I'm playing devil's advocate here. There is something to uh, developing a catcher, right? Um, yes. I think if, if it, so, so if you're looking at it that way and you're saying, okay, we need to develop a catcher. The way that I would do it is like you, you go into this hoping that Henry Davis is your future franchise catcher. Cause I think a lot of Andy's value is his athleticism 
and the fact that you can put him all over the field. I mean, like I said, I've, I've been comparing Andy to Dalton Varsho for two years now, right? So, like, Great I think talk. that's and that I think so. I think that's kind of where Andy's value is. Is yeah, you have your everyday catcher who should be Henry Davis, I think, going forward. Then you've got Andy who can spell Henry Davis a catcher, but then you can put Andy at second. You can put Andy in the outfield. You can put Andy at first. You can move Andy around and play him six days a week. He's still your backup catcher, right? And then you probably still have like a third catcher on the roster, like who's just there to catch, you know? Um, that's that's kind of how I vision all of this coming about. Like if, if in a perfect world, Henry Davis develops as your future franchise catcher. And he he's fine defensively. You probably don't even need to be that great defensively as a catcher going forward because automatic strikes and balls are coming, so you don't really have to worry about pitch framing. The bases are so so big and the rules now that, you know what, no one's throwing anybody out anywhere. Like, no catcher's throwing anybody out. Right. Unless you're a pirate. Unless, you're, unless you're playing the pirates. Right. Diaz so, is. so like, you've got that going. So like really how good of a catcher do you need to be in, in major league baseball going forward? I don't, I don't know. I, I think that that's a, that's a question that you got to kind of think of. And then you think Andy's skill set just has him in a position where he can do all of these things while also hitting from both sides of the plate. That's where we're looking at in a perfect world. So if you're playing devil's advocate here and the goal is to to develop a future franchise catcher and you need to pick one guy right now to kind of mess up their catcher development for the sake of the team, then that's Andy. Can I play super, super devil's advocate? Yeah, that's what this show's about. All right. So the question that you raised, Leonardo, was would you call them up right now? I wouldn't call either up right now because I don't see a point in calling either up right now when we're a month in, maybe 10 days away from Super 2. If I'm in Ben Sherrington's position right now, what is the point of calling up either catcher at this point and burning probably another $6 million on them in the future when I could just wait a month and just save a bunch of money for 2029, which... We're all on the same page. If we're the GM, we want them up on opening day. But at this point, where we're at right now, there's really no point to me in calling them up, watching them struggle for a couple weeks when we could just say, you know what? If we would have just waited a little while, we wouldn't have to burn that money in the future. To me, it's the same thing as O'Neill Cruz back when I said it last year. If they don't call them up on opening day, there's really no point in calling them up until june because you lose all the draft capital that you could gain and at this point there's really no reason there's no upside of calling them up now we're like best case scenario they win rookie of the year and we just lose them okay so let me let me present this so let me be super 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 super. devil's advocate here right no shonikin was here this is (laughs) this is this is investment, okay? You're thinking of this business mindset. You're thinking, why should I do it now? Why don't I wait a month? This team might not have a month to wait, okay? You are seeing that this division is terrible. 
the car who expected the Cardinals to be where they are. They are not making the playoffs. You can write that team off. Like that's where you're at. You need to be on their throats right now. The Cardinals cutting them off right now. They're so far in a hole. We're going to bury that team. Who's Corbin Burns? Like, where is he gone? Like, look at the Brewers right now. Look, the Reds are still the Reds. I feel like Jim kind of brought up to me. I fear the Cubs the most in this division right now. It's wide open. And you have these two guys, and especially Henry Davis, the way he's hitting right now, who could be immediate upgrades because Austin Hedges is so bad, right? And like the depth of this lineup is so bad that they could potentially, you're in first place. You call up these guys. You want to talk about excitement. You want to talk about they, if this team carries this through, through June, and they're still in first place. I'm not saying you're going to bring in hand over fist money, but if you're worried about $6 million, you know how you can recruit $6 million? Being a good baseball team. And if this team can, I'm not talking about being a great playoff contender, but this team can ride out maybe first place long enough or first and second. I'm just saying you're, you're nearing the cusp of O'Neill Cruz now coming back. Like you have an opportunity do you not want your GM who was just asked if you guys are good and real when he says, I don't know. Do you not want him to say, you know what? This is May freaking 11th right now. We're in first place at our worst baseball. What if I brought our best baseball? Let me roll the dice and see what happens. I get that, but what how many more wins does a Andy or a Henry Davis bring to you in a month and 10 days at this point i don't think enough to make it worth it and i'm how not how many has hedges and Andor lost you to this point i think there's ways around all of that but is it calling up those two guys i don't know is it palacios i just don't know if it magic? It, does it bring enough value to this team to call them up for a month and 10 days over what future value it might bring. And I agree with, we're all on the same page here that we think they should have been up on opening or at least Andy should have been up on opening day. We're all on the same page there. But at this point in the season, I don't know that it's worth it. You might as well just wait. That's why I disagree. And that's fine. We can't disagree. And that's, I'm not saying you don't have a, terrible argument it's bad but it's not terrible but i think it's because you're at this point of the season is why you do like this is the moment you capitalize you're not sitting in my shoes here i'm pretending to be the gm i understand that exactly i am also the gm and i'm in first place on that Playing on worst baseball. You're being a fan. I'm being a GM. I'm no, no. I'm a general manager. I got paid to win baseball games. Not well. I want a extension for that next job, and I'm in first place on May 11th after being one and nine. Yeah. Let me get my dogs up here. Let me show this team there's a chance to win. Let me bring my best baseball. Because here's the thing too. If I can mend this, this issue I have right now, there's Vince Velasquez coming back. There's Ono Cruz potentially coming back. Let me get through this. If those prospects I call up don't work out and we're losing steam, then I send them down and I get my Super 2 back. It's that simple. 
It's a win-win. There is no point in calling him up with a month basically left. And if you're so worried about Henry Davis, who can't catch, getting paid, how much is a DH worth in 2029? Bring him up. He's a DH in 2029. We're arguing the same point, but I am in the GM position where, well, I've already waited this long. I might as well just wait. I am in the GM position saying, holy shit, we're in first place, and I was expecting us to be in last. Yeah, clearly, because my interview suggested with, it with your guy Austin Hedges and Jason exactly. Delay, who you like to exactly. roam around and tell us, Oh, Jason Delay, he's so good, guys. He is, <laughs> Jim. Did you see what Jason Delay did today? He's Mr. Clutch, he he's the best hitter on the team. What are you talking about? Okay, then why are we calling up Andy? We got the best, <laughs> he can play second bench. base too, because he can also play second base. We got Jason Delay. We're good. It mitigates the amount of time Austin Hedges has to be there. He's also playing second base. Oh, we're so good. Jason send, Delay, we're fine. Send Bay. That's, that's what I'm talking about. This is what I think Endy presents. If you call him up, I'm sending Bay back. He's back to the minors. Let's let no. you know what. And this yeah, is Jason also Delay, why I talk about. This is also why promoting guys. Is a good thing. And everyone best. Oh, they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. No. If you bring them up, like, honestly, oh, you learn the this best. This is why I never struggles. hire you as a GM. Because do you think move after bringing up Andy Rodriguez is sending G1 Bay down and not Miguel Andujar or what Chris Owen. Because here's the thing. Because here's the thing. Miguel Andujar finally becomes... Use your words. Oh, I'm still here. My yeah. computer just locked. <laughs> I've been arguing too much with you and not touching my mouse. So we're oh yeah. So Miguel Andujar finally becomes an actual true 26 man who doesn't do anything. What everyone said, oh Drew Magic is no, up here because he doesn't do anything. He's a 40. He's not eighth man. Andy being up here pretty much eliminates Bay's spot for the most part. So like you know what. He had no, a great learning experience. Big dummy. Why? Where's he going to play? Center field once a week? Right field over Miguel Andujar? Or Bay's playing right field? Have you seen Miguel Andujar play right field? He's the worst defender I've ever seen in my damn life. Why does Bay have to play right? Why do you have to get Bay's lineup in the, in the, get in the right field? Because you, want, you just talked about Miguel Andujar being a 26th man. There's a 26th man is G1 Bay that can actually freaking run. There's Swinsky, there's Reynolds, there's Kutch, there's Joe. Why do I need Bay there? Why do I need Andujar? Because he's not going to play. Get Bay in, in AAA to actually no, to develop. On him. He can stay up here and pinch run. Holy hell. You're so dumb. Okay, then he's here to pinch You're run. So Fine. He's here to pinch. Regardless, I don't care. It's either what I was saying is because he can play second, I'm gonna get Bay out of there. Well, if Chris it's Owens, if it's Henry Davis why coming is he up a person on this roster. Because he can play defense. Can he? When it's that late inning and you no, want to move Castro, whoever's on short that time, then then Owings is in there. Well, we'll talk about him later. I don't want to get in the defense too deep. But you're dumb. I'm smart. As a GM, you're talking all oh, a GM. That's why I'm not going to bring these two up. Piss on yeah. you, Tyler. No, you're dumb. You just said if, you would send G1 Bay down the, over Miguel. If the Pirates are doing what they're doing right now, and they're five games behind the Brewers, 
I'm okay with their suggestion. I'm okay with it. I didn't believe they're a real team. They don't have that, but it's May 11th and they're still in first place right now because everyone's terrible. You have an opportunity here. Okay. You're so dumb. Just everything else you said after one. Everything else. Because no, I could, I could, I could agree to an extent to what you had already said, but once you got off that tangent and went on something else, you are so stupid. It's not even funny. I don't want to podcast with you ever again. I want to only talk to Jim. Okay. If you heard what I said, if it was, there's only yeah, one guy that has dumb. to go. I hear a lot if of dumb things today. Andy, that might have been the dumbest. I'm sending Bay down. If it's Davis, Andor's gone. Yeah, you're dumb. Okay. Sorry, Jim. Bay loses all. There's nowhere for him to play now. Yeah, you're dumb. Casho's playing six times a week. Andy's playing six dummy. times a week. So Wincy's playing at least five times a week. Like Bay's just gonna sit there and rot. Which I know I'm gonna send in another you a video sense. later that I can't see on here. Okay. You're I'm dumb. just sending back to, to the minor leagues. You're dumb. Okay. You're a big fat dummy. Okay. Hi, Jim. Hello. <laughs> he was muted. <laughs> Yeah, I just put myself on mute the whole time there. Um, <clears throat> I think with the with the way the division is right now, um, yeah, the five weeks before Super Two matters. And uh, okay, it's gonna yeah. be nice when the Pirates are in second place. Come on, again, yeah, again. Like I would have, I would have had Andy up here at opening day. And I, I, that, that's what, that's what I would have done. Two mistakes don't make a right. But right now I would call both up. I would call both up today. You just said you, you were just siding with Tyler. What do you, that's not what, you, you misunderstood. No, he never sided with me. I said the five weeks. No, he said they like, don't it, matter. He disagrees with me. I disagree with Tyler. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said they do. That's matter. fine. But I would he call did him it up right now. But, and then what okay. did you think about him saying that he would send Bay down for Envy? No, I would get rid of Austin Hedges. I would get rid of Austin Hedges, and I would get rid of Miguel Andor. Yeah, that was like the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say. Well, if you're bringing up two, then I'm getting, I'm sending Bay down and Miguel Andor. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so you're keeping four Hedges. Catchers, three. No, oh, four. oh, oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're dumb. Like, no, damn it, no. I don't know. Actually, someone put on here the 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 the. Uh, the IL stint, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, we're arguing. Just, it, it's uh, the decision's already been made. It's not happening. Like, we're obviously arguing about what we would do. The Pirates are not calling up either of these guys until June 15th ish, right? Uh, and it's just, they're not going to do it. When I think Neil in the comments here said, uh, let me go up here because you know you guys fought for like ten minutes. Um, Neil, Neil, here we go. Uh, where's Where's Neil's comment? I'm still scrolling. Here you go. When you never gave a shit about winning this season, then there is no urgency. So at the end of the day, Ben Sherrington's not changing his plan because the Pirates are in first place right now. Now, if the Pirates are still in first place, come 
late July, then maybe you probably change your plans. You probably don't sell off your your rentals. You probably make oh. some sort of a run. I say, oh, so in late July you call them off? <laughs> no, no. So what I'm saying though is like he's not changing his plan right now. His pl- his plan going into this season was to obviously make improvements from last year, but it was to he was not going to call these guys up before the Super Two deadline. So it's not going to happen. Uh, we can argue and say that it should, but it's just not. Uh, you know, when 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 someone asks you on national TV, "Are you a legit contender this year?" and your the first word out of your mouth isn't absolutely, instead it's well, and then you go into excuses as to why you might not be. He does not have urgency to win games right now. It's a. Everybody can have their Neil Huntington and Ben Sherrington comps. They're the same person. They run this team the same exact way. Nothing's changing there. They're going to do the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah they're going to have, they're gonna have diff- to. But go ahead. They'll have no, differences in player development. Yeah, they'll have differences in player development and, and scouting. But for the most part, they are going to run the team the exact same way. Even though, apparently... That's not what this new regime is about. Bob Nunning was fed up. We're going to create a culture. Player-centric even. It's about wins. Yeah, that wasn't a Neil Hennington move, I don't think. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's a story for another day. Anyways, what do we want to talk about next? That was so dumb. How about um? How about we shift focus to something positive? And yes. I think there is What's some things positive? to let's let's talk A two-man about two man show. Jim and Donardo, Tyler off. Okay. Please. How about? <laughs> All right, two things I want to talk about. Might as well let's make it official. Off. Let's start talk. Let's and Kenny's got it here. Kenny's got it here. Let's talk about his man, Mitch Keller. Um, Mitch Keller in his last 30 starts has an ERA under three. Uh, he has completely, I mean, we were on this exact show a month ago and we didn't know if Mitch Keller's career was over. Like we were like, is this, is this it for Mitch Keller? Um, like, cause he was, ago? No, a year ago. Sorry. Maybe I said oh, a month okay. ago, but I meant a year ago. A year ago oh, at this God. time, like, we were like... I'm not co-signing. Yeah. <laughs> so a year ago at this time, we were debating on if if Mitch Keller was was done. You know, And, and so it's pretty incredible just to see the turnaround. Because um, he's now... Not only has he turned into the guy who can keep you in the... It, it gives you a chance to win every time out. We saw it last uh, on Monday... Monday, he's a guy who can single-handedly win you a baseball game at this point. He's he's become that good of a starting pitcher. I don't know how many pitchers in the last 12 calendar months, or let's say 11 calendar months, have been better than Mitch Keller in Major League Baseball. I mean, there's maybe – he's a top five, top ten pitcher in the game since rejoining the rotation and kind of finding that that sinker. Remember, May 19th was the first time he threw the sinker. Now, albeit it was in the bullpen, but May 19th was the first time he threw the sinker. So we're approaching a year of good Mitch Keller. And you're absolutely correct. I, I mean, I, I know what I said. I said, if I'm a betting man, 
I am betting on Mitch Keller being DFA'd than Mitch Keller becoming a good pitcher. That's where I was at. Absolutely. And you're correct. And he's not even just, oh, you know what? Mitch Keller actually belongs in the major leagues. No, he's Mitch Keller's a dude. He's a good pitcher. He's a damn good pitcher. And we talk about guys who could, well, not could, he has, but like change the course of this rebuild. Mitch Keller is one of them. Like there's a lot on him. If he becomes a good pitcher, that there's a lot for this, this club because I'm not sure where the, you know, the pitchers are really coming from. You know, Rodolfo Cash was one of them. He's a wild card. Um, Luis Ortiz, like, like that's another wild card. And that's why Mitch Keller becoming good, it helps a lot because if Luis Ortiz is also a good pitcher. Like these guys coming out of nowhere is helping out. But Mitch Keller, he does a lot for this, this rebuild. And he's anchoring this staff right now. And you're absolutely correct. And he did it. He won that. This team was skidding in the worst way. Mitch Keller came out, still didn't have any offense behind him for the most part, and did a complete game shutout. What more can yeah, you Yeah, I mean, I mean, just kind of just to just read off some quick numbers. So since rejoining the rotation, it was May 31st last year. He's made 30 starts. He's thrown 170 innings. So, I mean, he's been a workhorse. Uh, 162 strikeouts. He's got a 3.07 ERA, FIP below 3.5. The guy has just – he's been flat out good. Like, he's pitching – He's pitching at like an all-star caliber level right now as far as like starting pitchers go and that that game that that game he pitched on Monday just was incredible to see. Uh, I mean he he just flat out dominated that lineup the entire the entire day. At no point was he really ever in in trouble. He did what he wanted whenever he wanted and especially the way he finished. Like he went into that those last three innings with a pretty fairly high pitch count. And he just rolled through the lineup that, that last time through. And it was just, it was just really impressive to see because, you know, he's been a frustrating person for us over the last four years. He made his debut in 2019. I want to say, right. Yeah. Um, was it 2019? I think it was 2019. And yeah, I think that's right. Um, you might be, I don't know. So 2019 makes his debut and like we see the stuff like this. We've seen the stuff all throughout the minors. He was highly regarded prospect pretty much his entire way through. And he's just, he struggled for three years just to put things together. And the fact that he was able to turn it around in such an, just an incredible turnaround. Like, I mean, there's that graphic that you see on Twitter every now and then it was like, he was last in everything. He was the Austin Hedges of pitchers. He was the worst starting pitcher in baseball a year ago today. And just to see the turnaround has been, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. The other part of that is he's had just a weird career path in general. Like his rookie year, I think he said 2019. It was very uh, peripheral heavy. We thought, you know what? There's something there. He just had bad luck. Then 2020 comes around, COVID year. Well, it is what it is. 21, he's just Well, 2020 flip-flopped. His ERA yeah. was actually good, and his peripherals were yeah. garbage. But it wasn't good. 2021 comes around bad. Bad, bad, bad. 2022 comes around, the velocity comes. 
We see the flip with the sinker. All of a sudden, he's like Charlie Morton light. And then this year, the sinkers, it still works for him, obviously, but he's a completely different pitcher than he was even last year. I know you had the strikeout number that you gave us for the over-under, but good Lord, the guy just turned into an absolute strikeout pitcher we always dreamed of. He's Yeah, that's a, he's killing that over. I thought about that too, though, Dad. I put all his numbers, and the first thing I thought when I saw his K-rate, I was like, oh, damn, because I gave that number, and I felt like it was aggressive, trying to get aggressive, falling the hype, and it's he's just blowing that number away. <laughs> He went from a ground ball pitcher to just being an absolute mm-hmm. dominant dude. And and Tyler, you mentioned just how different he looks. Like the, the arsenal of pitches he now possesses too is incredible. He throws five different pitches more than 10% of the time. And then he sprinkles in that changeup as like a sixth pitch. The dude throws six pitches and he has those, he throws five of them a lot. Uh, which like you just don't see that. And when you're able to do that and you're able to control all of those and you have command of all of those pitches, it makes hitting so hard. It, it makes hitting so hard when you've got a pitcher on the mound who can do so many things well. And that's, that's what we're seeing now with, with Keller. He, he's doing so many things so well that pitchers just, I mean, hitters, hitters don't have a shot. Hitters don't have a shot against them lately. And last year we talked about the conversation with Clay Holmes about the sinker and we didn't really want to give Oscar Marie much credit. Well, now he's throwing like three different types of fastballs. So at some point we got to give Oscar Marie some credit because even if Clay Holmes is a reason he started throwing that sinker, Oscar Marine has bridged that thing out to be able to throw a cutter. The four seam works. Now the sinker works adding That's in a sweeper. sweeper. The curveball's still sexy as hell. Like, well, it's just like, like that's like at the, least talked about. I feel yeah. like that's where he's developed. Off of the minors, you kept hearing and talking about the curveball. Yeah, and like, it's like you're saying it's still good, but like that's the least you talk about anymore. And and it just goes back to the command. Like the command is excellent. You look at the heat map on his pitches, and everything's just where it should be. The the sweeper is low and away against righties. The changeup is low and away against against lefties. The curveball's down in the zone. The sinker is inside on right. Like everything's he's he's throwing everything, and he's just he's he's throwing them where they should should go. And and when you're doing that, you just make it so tough on hitters. When the pitcher is doing what the pitcher wants to do, hitters don't have a, much of a shot. Hitters need to take advantage of mistakes, and Mitch Keller has vastly decrease the amount of mistakes that he's making which he's dictating ball games he's he's he has completely taken over the game when he starts and, and it's just fun to see it's think, fun to watch him jim we talked about it like sure. when they're skidding there's nobody else we want on the mound other than mitch keller yep and i, I know so, i talked about this a little bit on the post game but just kind of bring it up again you know, there was, a, I think it was valid because we all kind of agreed, you know, with the changes in the shift, how would that affect Mitch Keller? Like, there was real reason to think he might be the biggest one affected because of the ground balls. We talked, like, the sinker's good. He he finds a way to induce that ground ball. He finds ways to get outs, right? But he's not, like, the strikeout guy. So with the band shift, Mitch Keller, I still think, could be good, but that might affect him more than most pitchers. 
And I was real interested to find out how it will and what a season will be this year. And he said, no, I'm just going to be even better. And like you're saying, like the strikeout, like that's what's killing me too. So yeah, last year, 20.1% strikeout rate. This year, 27.6. He's striking out 10.15 per nine. This is Mitch Keller we're talking about. He finds every way to make outs right now. We saw last year how I can do it by inducing weak contact and getting that. Now he's got the strikeout. Like everything you want to see in a good pitcher, Mitch Keller has all of those things right now. And not to mention, he's just a workhorse. Like the guy can carry innings. He's got the body to do it. The, he, as it was mentioned in the comments, he's carrying 97 into the eighth, ninth. It's not Ruanzi where it's a, I don't want to say flash in the pan, but there's a lot of stuff that you know there's not much longevity with it. This is a guy that he has the stuff to really be a dude that can carry 200 innings a year. He's starting to prove it. And I think the biggest difference too is you didn't want him to be that guy last year, right? Also, one thing we talked about on the post game show. Okay, you made seven good innings. Let's just get you out of here. I don't want you know to you implode or let's just get you out of here, feeling comfortable. And now it's like, go, go yeah, in the you, eighth. Go you guys talked about it. Like I the want things you that there. Sh- the things Shelton's doing with him, I love. Shelton's yes. really putting. He's putting them out there. Like you're the guy. I want go. him to see that ninth inning so bad, and I'm so glad he did. And. He just earned himself trust to all ends right there. Yeah. Like he has, uh, he has become that guy. He's become that starting pitcher that like you just, every team wants a guy like that. He's, he's tied with Zach Gallen in innings pitched um, who, you know, Zach Gallen's gone like twice now where he's done like 30 consecutive scoreless innings. So like he's in that same conversation now with, with those types of guys. And there aren't a lot of guys, there aren't a lot of pitchers out there who can just give you that amount of innings. And he's, he has quickly become one of them. When you're, and again, we talked about this in April, when your starting pitchers are giving you innings, productive innings, it just makes makes your team so much better because your bullpen and no one's bullpen is really all that deep. So like if you can keep your bullpen and condense it and then shorten the game so that you only have to get six outs with your bullpen or three outs with your bullpen or nine outs with your bullpen, it's a lot easier to do that and win when you can pick and choose, okay, who are my best guys to go out here to win this game? And, and Mitch Keller has become that starting pitcher where, Mitch Keller starts. You're seeing Mitch Keller. You're seeing Colin Holderman. You're seeing Robert Stevenson. You're seeing David Bednar. You're not really seeing anybody else. And here it is. They're trying to find out which dog is in Mitch Keller. This is them live on the broadcast because that's what Mitch Keller is now. He's got that dog in him. That was so lame. That was kind of lame. <laughs> but he does, I mean, he's, he's, it's a completely different approach. Like he's attacking hitters because. He now has so much stuff and he can command it so well that he's just, he's in attack mode. And when he's, when he's executing his, his game plan, he's dominant. I know. And again, like I just can't stop talking about it. Cause that's the biggest thing I think in his turnaround is just the mentality. 
I know people like to joke about and talk about it. You know, I'll, I don't want to be a psychologist before, but that's that's the biggest difference. He wanted to go into the ninth inning, where two years ago he would have been pooping his pants. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is when you actually have stuff you can believe in when your fastball isn't flat as hell. Right. Like, that helps a good bit. But I go back to like 2013. The Pirates did not go on losing streaks because Francisco Liriano every fifth day would go out there and stop it. Momentum, they say, is as good as a starting pitcher. I don't know if I believe that because I think it can leak over. Mitch Keller right now is putting a stop to all of that. It didn't really happen against the Rays because the defense just let him down, but he did his best. This Rocky series just, he shoved it down their throat and watched. Yep. That was the best pirate start I think I've seen in probably like seven years. Certainly his best start. It's the best start that, that I can remember in like recent history. For sure. But if you're going to be a good team, you really do need a guy like that that can go out there. And if if a couple guys don't have it, you need a guy in your rotation that's just going to put a stop to it. And coming into this year, I don't know if we... I know for a fact we didn't think Mitch Keller was that guy. We thought that he'd be a guy that could eat some innings for him and maybe just survive till next year. Right now, he's turned into that guy we always dreamed of. I mean, he's reached his ceiling. Yeah, yeah. like as a prospect, if you, right? if, yeah. if you if you would have dreamt what Mitch Keller's ceiling was, it's it? this. Yeah, took him a, took a, took him a little longer to get there than you probably would have hoped, but he's. Definitely he's would it. have hoped. <laughs> yeah, like he's reached it, and so now now you know you got to kind of shift your focus to. Hey, it's hard to find really good pitchers. Yeah. Let's pay this guy and, and keep him around for a bit. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready. I'm all in. But you have to. Yeah, I think uh if you I mean if you don't get something done during the season, then this offseason, then your your goal is Keller and, and Cruz. Like that those are your goals this offseason. Fun fun question. Would you rather sign Cruz or Keller? Cruz. If I had to pick one, do we have to pick one? I mean, if you're I making me pick I'm one, greedy. if you're making me pick one, it's Cruz. I, I uh, just because how expensive pitching is, and not really knowing for sure what Cruz is, especially coming off the injury, is O'Neill Cruz a shortstop? Like, man, because it's an either or. Because this window, Cruz is at least here for how long, mm -hmm. right? Where if I extend Keller, I also have Keller. I, I almost feel like if I have to just choose one, it might be Keller too. Because I'd rather, again, this window. Again, Jim, Jim trust me. Tr listen, 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 Jim, stop, stop. I want Cruz here a long time too. He's giving that stupid dumb look. I know that look from Jim. <laughs> Just because he muted his mic again. I'm the GM. I want to win. Like, yes, I want Cruz here long term, but I might not be here then. I need some win. I need some rings. 
and Keller yeah. fits in that that window right now. I would love to have O'Neill Cruz here in 10 years, but I'm more interested in the next three to five. So that's my mindset on it. That's why I would say Keller because I have to pick one, but I'm a good GM. I'm bringing up Andy today. I'm bringing up Davis today and I'm extending both of them because that's what a good GM would do. I'm going to shoot myself. And I you think, know what? I think if I'm, I'm asked, not stopping there, I'm listen, also man. signing, extending Davis and and Andy too. Because I, I think if I am asked, super two. If I am asked right now, in the pirate situation, I might. I think I'm leaning color. But if you can get, it all comes down to numbers. If you can get like an O'Neill Cruz at a Ronald Acuna number. Hell yeah. You won't, though. You will. Mm. I feel like you will. I feel like you will, too. And, I, I mean, you, you have got this injury, too, that just happened to him. Like, if that's guaranteed, on the table, $100 million, $100 million of, like, guaranteed money. Like, I think you can I think you can get him to, to sign up a pretty team friendly deal, but at the same time, it's a risk. Cause you know, it, it's going to be lengthy. Don't listen to Nardo. He's keeping four catchers on the roster, <laughs> but see Andy and Henry equal one. That's not really how math works. Though. Yeah. They're half of a catcher. The math ain't math. <laughs> they're only catching twice a week. So, that's why it can work. No, I'm just more concerned with, like, I mean, Cruz is the guy. I want Cruz to be a Pittsburgh Pirate for 15-plus years. So you don't want Keller? I didn't say I don't want Keller. You, if no, you make that's, me that's, choose. That's what you're saying. If you, you make me Keller. choose. Get out of here. I don't want you to Cruz. <laughs> I'm going to be I, – I think there's too much bust – Bustification with Cruz. Nah, Cruz is always going to be able to hit. He's going to be able to hit. Okay. I believe in Cruz. I believe in his talent. Yeah. I but do too, again, but I don't know long. I have one. I'm taking Keller because, boom, there's my window. When I get my championship, my contract runs out, I'm going to the Yankees because <laughs> they're tired of Cashman. All right. Well, that's why you're managing the uh, TFL Marlins. That's right. I have no idea what my record is. It's how good of a manager I am. I probably have seven catches. I am. I am five and zero in my fantasy league. I am so. All right. We're not. Stop it. I'm so good. Yeah. Yeah, We don't need to go into fantasy. I'm just so good. I'm so smart. Like I don't. I don't know why people are dumb. I don't. You know why? I know you're smart. You keep it real, real dark there so people can't tell how ugly you are. No, I'm beautiful. Anyways, people love me. We're clear the point of the show where this is going off the rails yeah. even more than normal. Is there anything? Bring us back, Jim. Come on, Dad. Real quick, just to update everybody on the situation, Donardo's Stratomatic team is in last place. <laughs> I'm in a rebuild, of course. I, uh, Yeah, that was expected. I'm not calling up my Henry Davis right now. <laughs> Oh, so you're a bad I mean, all GM. All the super twos. 
<laughs> Actually, I I signed Josh Van Meter this offseason. He really did. He he signed yes. free agent Josh Van Meter. He's and currently he's currently uh, fourteen and twenty four, last place in the uh, the National League East. His team's terrible. Seems What's terrible. funny too is I signed Josh Vanner because he now gives me catcher innings. So he's my he's my third catcher. Yes, I do have three catchers. Oh god. Josh Van Meter. Well, you suggested four. See? It's in my blood. <laughs> Give me all the catchers. Oh man. Just let this guy host a basketball show. He don't know bail. He don't know ball. Anyways. I think it's time to wrap things up. Yeah, it is. We really need to talk about yet? Connor Joe. Just no, as a footnote, him. Connor Joe, he's still doing it. Um, I'm loving Not on the basis, though. He's not? No. What did he I got thrown out. He got caught stealing twice. Okay. Everyone did, though, too. Also, another stat, the Pirates lead in May. That's not good. Somehow he went 0 for 4 with two caught stealings. I don't know if that's ever happened, but we should look that up. It probably has. Anyways, okay. I guess we're done. This is it, fellas. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this trash. See you all. Hey, you all, thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.